My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with female and female-identified entrepreneurs, founders, co-founders, business owners, and industry gurus. These podcasts speak with women and women-identified individuals across all industries in order to shed light for those just getting into the entrepreneurial game as well as those deeply embedded within it. Histories, current companies, and lessons learned are explored in the conversations I have with these insightful and talented powerhouses. The series is designed to investigate a female and female-identified perspective in what has largely been a male-dominated industry in the USA to date. I look forward to contributing to the national dialogue about the long overdue change of women in American business arenas and in particular, entrepreneurial roles. You can contact me via my media company website, wild.agency, that's W-I-L-D-E dot agency, or my personal website, patriciakathleen.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is your host, Patricia, and today I am talking with Dawn Russell. Dawn is the founder of AuroraLove.life and meditation coach and healer. Welcome, Dawn. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. I really um, I look forward to talking to you. I admit that I know um, far less about your business and the world that industry that you function in than many of those that I interview. And that has made this such an exciting proposition for me. Um, for everyone listening today, well, a great. Quick, yeah, exactly. Right. I can't wait. It's a, when you walk into <laughs> something that's so new, you just have no idea what you're looking at. And I'm going to walk away from this uh, 45 minutes with a lot more knowledge than I started off with. Um, what, for everyone listening, a quick roadmap of today's podcast we will do a follow the same trajectory that we've done um, for all of the other podcasts in this series. We'll first look at Dawn's academic background and early professional life. Then we'll dive straight into unpacking Aurora Love, um, namely the who, what, when, where, why, um, and get into all of the stuff that went into developing it and look at the work that uh, Dawn is currently doing. And then we'll, we'll talk about goals that Dawn has for Aurora Love and possibly herself with um, embedded within that for the next three years. Um, regarding maybe scaling, expansion, branding, um, at any other ways that there could be growth or changes that Don might foresee or have planned for. And then we'll wrap everything up with advice that Don has for those of you looking to do um, what she does or get involved, work with her, hire her, or just simply mirror um, kind of some of her career path and trajectory. So Don, I want to drop straight into um, your bio really quickly, and then I'll, I'll start peppering you with questions. Um, Don Russell is a meditation coach and energy healer based in San Diego, California. She helps her clients have a greater sense of peace, empowerment, and spiritual connection. She is certified with the Modern Mystery School. The healing modalities she uses have been used for over 3,000 years from the unbroken lineage of King Solomon. The methods that she uses include meditation, crystal healing, aura healing, and life activation. 
So we will climb into um, all of those terms when we get into unpacking Aurora Love. But Dawn, I want to have you first drop us into um, your academic background or any certifications that you've received and your early professional life following or mixed in between those two. Yeah, great. Well, my, you know, academic background in the traditional sense is I, you know, went to college and I studied uh, digital design mm -hmm. and I was a user experience designer of software for 20 years. And um, so my, what I'm doing right now with Aurora Love is quite a departure and we can talk about how I got yeah. there. Uh, it's an interesting interesting journey that I've been on because um, it is quite different. It's quite an evolution. I basically completely changed my career, um, which has been really, really interesting and profound and rewarding, right? All at the same time. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my, um, my background in terms of or educational background in terms of Aurora Love is um, I've been studying um, with a school called the Modern Mystery School, which is a, um, a it's a spiritual school for advanced teachings, and uh, they train healers and meditation coaches, and so all of the modalities that I offer, um, you know, my clients um, can be reassured because I've been certified in all those modalities, and they've been handed down in a way that's very pure. So. Um, as you mentioned in my bio, all of these methods have gone back like over 3,000 years. Mm. So, you know, so there's some things out there where people are like, well, how do I know it's going to work, right? Because they don't know where it came from or, you know, what the benefits are. And the great thing about all of these tools that I use are that, well, we know how they work and we know the benefits because they've been used for 3,000 years successfully. So, and that's, you know, that's not that common in today's world that people are working with lineages that are that ancient and that um, proven. No, not at all. So do you spend your time in, when you begin to start talking to people about that you're working with educating them? Is there a large for, a time period yeah. that you spend kind of walking them through the lineage even of like um, your training or how does that work? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do, you know, it depends on, on their level of interest. You know, I usually lead with what are the end results, you know, that you can expect with working with me. And then sometimes they do have questions about, well, where, you know, how, how do you know that or where does this come from? I don't typically lead with um, the nitty gritty details of the lineage, but it's just important for people to know because a lot of people want to have some way of trusting, you know, the work that you're doing and who you are. And if they yeah. don't know you personally, that's a really good way for them to have that level of trust. Absolutely. I'm wondering, can you um, like back up a little bit and tell us like, is there anything interesting or kind of monumental? You had this massive career switch yeah. and sometimes the, it can be a longer road. It's not as, as, you know, as daunting or black and white as it comes out. Um, when you say, you know, you had 20 years spent in this industry and then you pivoted or um, yeah. it transitioned into something else. Was there a moment that you decided to leave? Was there a, a specific yeah. event that changed everything? Can you kind of walk us through that transition? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, um, because it, it's very interwoven. You know, my professional journey is completely interwoven with my personal journey. I can't separate them. So what was going on in my life? if I rewind about five years ago, was that 
Um, I was working for a company. I was, you know, by all traditional measures, extremely successful. Um, you know, I had a, a very high paying job. I had a title that was, you know, what people would say was, you know, something you would aspire to. I was managing a very large team. I was on a high profile project with my company. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yet, you know, inside I was dying. Mm -hmm. And I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And so it, I came to a crisis point emotionally. I, I mean, I was very good at holding it together. Almost no one knew what I was going on, you know, what was going on inside of me. You know, they just saw that the projection of the masks, you know, and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the illusion, right, and, and then also they were buying into the illusion, many people buy into the illusion of what success is, right, and um, not all of those measures, very few of those measures, in fact, have to do with how you're feeling on the inside, <laughs> yeah. right, and so, um, yeah, I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, I started going to therapy, and I started really just looking for anything that I thought might help me. And I knew what I needed was not an incremental change. I knew it was a radical change that my whole life needed to be rethought. But I didn't really know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I um, met someone who changed my life. Um, and now I work with her. We share a space and we're, we do healings in the same space together. We're not business partners, but we collaborate quite a lot, quite a lot. And um, how did you, the two of you meet? Did you work? Yeah. With her? No, we met at a potluck. It just, you know, it was synchronous. Perfect. It was the universe bringing us together really. And, um, she told me about what she does, which is what I do now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was so amazed. I was, I didn't even know that people did this. I didn't know that this was a thing. I, I wasn't very spiritual. And, um, but I just had this inner resonance with everything she was saying. And as she was talking, I knew, you know, my inner guidance was coming through. Um, and it was saying, you need to know her and you need to know about this, what she's talking about. And, um, so the first thing I, um, did was I started taking some of her meditation classes and some of her other spiritual classes. And then I, it was about four years ago, I got a service called the life activation, which I now offer to my clients. Um, and the life activation is one of the coolest healings out there because it does what not, no other healing does. It actually um, supports you in attaining your highest life purpose and helps you remember what that is and mm. brings in light and brings in guidance and allows you to connect with your higher self which is us but sometimes we lose touch with it you know we have this part of ourselves that is pure spirit that's connected to our divinity and we can close ourselves off to it. And I was extremely closed off to my own divinity and my own power. And once I got that life activation, the light bulb started going is it a, is So the life activation, can you put it in kind of a subject specific so I can wrap my head around it? Is it 
uh, practice like meditation has, you know, physical attributes attached to it. It's, it's a mind exercise, but normally one is sitting still in some shape, things like that. With life activation, the technique, is it something that you um, physically do like meditation? Is it a, a talking exercise a where feeling. you explore? Uh-huh. No, it's actually a healing and it's a private session that we do for clients, that I do for clients um, it's a two-hour session, and we do a number of things within it, um, but we're rebalancing, you know, your energy field and kind of clearing out um, stuff that doesn't belong and balancing chakras and um, balancing your magnetics. We're doing a bunch of stuff to prepare your energetic body to receive a whole bunch of light, which we bring in with a crystal wand. That's how we, um, that's the end of the procedure or um, session is we use a crystal wand and then we activate, we're actually activating your DNA, like parts of your DNA that are asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So our DNA has within it, it knows like who we are at the most profound level. It knows our purpose. It knows why we're here. We all came embedded, you know, programs with this information yeah. and the life activation really reconnects you with that things that we may have forgotten many of us have forgotten even our gifts you know and talents that um we've set aside or we've forgotten about or we've never even known that we have these things start to manifest after the life activation how many um series do your clients technically or traditionally come in for is the life activation it's a long session two hours is a yeah it's two hours well the awesome part about it is if I could, and I always say this, and pretty much everyone who's trained in this modality says the same thing, no matter how many modalities they know. If I could do one session for any client in the world, it would be a life activation because it lasts your whole life. Um, there's benefit to coming in and getting, you know, like a, a re, you know, we call it like a refill or something like that, you know, kind of like a refill of light every once in a while, maybe every year or so, but you don't have to. Like it will continue to work its magic if you do it once in your lifetime. So it's pretty profound. So what happened to me after the life activation was I started to wake up. I mean, I was asleep. And the other Mm -hmm. thing that was going on with me at that time was I had extremely, extremely severe anxiety. And I was um, taking pharmaceutical medications. I was doing, um, you know, uh, therapy I was doing, you know, visualizations and stuff, but nothing was really getting rid of it at all. Um, But once I got the life activation, my um, anxiety started to subside. And I started to really look around at my circumstances and see them very differently. (laughs) You know, that I'd made these choices that were choices that society told me were the right choices, but they were completely out of alignment with who I really was as a person and what my highest purpose was. And so it took me about nine months to quit my job because, but I became more and more, it was like after the life activation, it was kind of like um, this sort of dissonance. And if anybody is as musical who's listening, you probably know the word, the term dissonance, but it's like discord, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like you're hearing something and it's, it's not right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. And it just kept getting louder and louder and louder, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, because I knew at that point there's something else I'm supposed to be doing and this is not it. 
not that there was anything wrong per se with what I was doing. It just wasn't my purpose. It wasn't my highest purpose. And my, pur my highest purpose that I now know is to serve others and to help them in their spiritual path and their spiritual journey and to help them align with their purpose. And so being in a corporate environment and, you know, being a manager and working on software was pretty far from that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's cool though, because I think that we all have different, um, you know, abilities and, um, ability to feel success within those abilities, you know, and, and kind of tapping into this, um, this kind of life's purpose that you're talking about. There's been authors that talk about the zone of genius, mm. you know, these, these places. Um, and that is, that term is directly taken from, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but a, a very famous book. Um, and it's, it all means the same thing. People have different ways of referring to it, but it's when you tap into, and I believe what you're calling life's purpose, everything, um, a lot of the things that have hindered us that we haven't realized for so long, not only wash away, but our feeling of, um, fulfillment, within exactly. every single piece mm -hmm. of what we do goes through the roof. And then people also talk about the ease of working. The concept of work begins to cha change form, you know, and right. so many of us have gotten into positions or lifestyles or structures that we don't realize how much we dread it. You know, yes. until we step into a lifestyle that we actually feel very complete in and we're doing what mostly what we are meant to be doing. Yes. And I think aligning with that and finding that out is the largest battle, you know, for a lot of people to actually really come to terms with what they, they are good at and what is, is sometimes it's very unaligned with these, um, these molds that we've slid ourselves into or these mm -hmm. perceptions of ourselves that we think we are, you know, that mm -hmm. we may very well not be like reacclimating, refamiliarizing oneself with one's true identity, I think is, um, it's difficult, you know, and I think a lot of people start to do that, particularly after 20 years in a field, you know, mm -hmm. um, I myself have had a couple of transitions in my career and it's also not societally encouraged. I don't know how much great feedback you got when you did this great, huge pivot, but <laughs> every time I've switched my career, even within industries and just gone to a different direction, it's been met with a, you know, especially as a woman, people feel like they can um, comment a great deal more on my career than they probably could a, a white man. But there's been this, what do you think? You, why? What are you doing? You have no business. What business do you have? I don't have imposter syndrome, but people certainly tried to give it to me, mm -hmm. you know, with this, what business do you have doing that? And, um, and so with you switching, it's funny because it mirrors exactly what I think you're, you're helping a lot of your clients do, which is this, you know, re-identifying with yes. what their, their life's purpose is and making yeah. sure that they, they stay true to that to increase their, their happiness and their um, harmonious living with the world. Um, you said it took you about nine months. Was it nine months of figuring out like you needed to switch? And during that time, did you know that you were going to become a healer or did you just know that your particular healing was working? Yeah. Um, during that time frame, like I said, the dissonance was just getting louder. So um, in the, you know, in the beginning of those nine months, I didn't think that I was going to leave my job. I actually changed positions. That was my first move. Mm -hmm. I went to my boss and I said, you know what? I'm not supposed to be in this role anymore. So can I try a different role? So I actually did try a different role. 
And, and that still felt wrong. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, this is bigger. This is much bigger. And it started to become more and more obvious, you know, and, and also I was using meditation at that time. And, you know, my inner guidance was really starting to come through. And it was more, the nine months was as much about getting practically ready to leave than, um, you know, I knew, I knew within probably three or four months that this wasn't right for me anymore. And that um, my time at that company had run its course, but yeah, it took a while for me to say, um, okay, how am I going to practically do this? Mm -hmm. How am I logistically going to do this? And um, yeah. <laughs> how did then, you like, switch yeah. when you left? Did you immediately go into training? Did you take some yeah, time to kind of Yeah, I, I did. I okay. did. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I was still, I was doing like consulting on the side for um, end user experience. Um, but I was um, at the same time saying, okay, I'm going to fast track, you know, I'm going to fast track this. I'm going to go learn how to do life activations for other people. I'm going to get serious about my spiritual development. I'm going to meditate, you know, consistently every single day. Um, and yeah, and my life became so much happier. And yeah, I mean, people were surprised for sure. I mean, Anytime you do that kind of um, 180, people are going to have opinions. But, you know, mm -hmm. if you're aligned with your own spirit and your own purpose and you're in your own power, those things don't matter. You know, so I didn't, that, it was completely irrelevant to me what other people thought. <laughs> that's fantastic. I can't, yeah. it's, that's remarkable, you know, because I think it does take kind of an imperviousness and it can cause anger or resentment or the opposite of, you know, what you want to be doing when you do a change and having to defend a change is um, hysterical because change in and of itself requires focus and optimism, you know, and things of that nature. So to have to meet every friend and family and foe with this defense about your choices, it can be hard. I think yeah. it's healthy to explain, but it's also, um, it's just great that you were, you know, impervious to it. It didn't, yeah. it didn't have a weighing in. And I think that um, it sounds like the path that you were going towards lended, you know, some ability there. If you are becoming sure. clarified and, um, and steadfast and, you know, um, very, very centered, it's harder to question someone like that. Yeah, it really, exactly. Um, yeah. And I think that people who truly care about us, they just want our happiness, you know, at the end of the day. And so sometimes we can get wrapped up in what do they think about my choices. But at the end of the day, if they, if you, if you are the proof, if they see the fruits in your life and they see you as changing for the better, it's really hard to argue with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the transition I've been through. That's the transition that all of my clients go through after they work with me, particularly with the life activation is the, the fruits are, are evident, you know, their lives are better. They have more joy. And so you can't really argue with that. Yeah, and if you yeah. do argue with it, then it's just someone who needs healing themselves, you know, <laughs> yeah. you all roads lead back to life activation. Um, I like that. So can you tell us a little bit about your, um, your certification process with the modern mystery school? How long did it take? And once you, yeah. Um, were certified, how quickly did you kind of launch into um, Aurora Love? Yeah, so, um, well, there's a few steps that have to happen before you can become a healer uh, with the mystery school. So you have to have your own life activation, and then you have to become 
formally initiated into the lineage of King Solomon. That, that first um, step of initiation is about personal empowerment. And so you learn all kinds of tools and rituals and meditations that were going to help you in your own spiritual progression and your own growth. So once I did that, then I was um, eligible to, if I wanted to, and a lot of people stop there and that's totally fine, but some people feel really called to become a healer after that. And so that's what I did. You know, I went to um, Toronto, which is the headquarters of the Modern Mystery School where they teach life activation. And I was there for a week and it's like the most intense, but most profound week of my life. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, I can't even... Yeah, I can't even explain the experience. It's so amazing. Um, yeah, and that's where you learn how to do life activation. So at that point, I was um, certified. And I, I mean, I jumped right in. I was like, I know what this does for people. And I know that there are people waiting for me. I know that there are people who are suffering, who are struggling with the same things that I was struggling with. They're waiting for me. So I need to get out there. So immediately, I started telling my friends about it, all the networking groups I was going to, I was telling them about it. I started activating a lot of people that I was in my, you know, in my networking groups. And um, uh, I started going to like um, fairs and anything really, any kind of event where I could have a booth, I was getting out there and talking to people. So I was I, like, I hit the ground running. I was like, what year was that? That was 2017. Yeah. Wow. So you just, you did everything. You just started talking fairs, going around, yeah. you launched um, Aurora Love. Did you find, did you um, come into your space with the, your original um, friend influencer? When did you get space with her that you share? Oh, we moved in together March of this year. We were both practicing, but in um, separate spaces and we consolidated. We're in a really nice space that's inside of a Healing Collective with the yoga studio. It's, it's a beautiful space in nice. San Diego. Yeah, Absolutely. So um, the impetus for the launch of Aurora Love seems very clear. Um, and the structure, because it's kind of your uh, creative you know, endeavor, it sounds like it's ever growing. Um, I'm wondering, do you ever, I know that it's probably... Um, antithetical to, you know, your industry, but I come at things, you know, sometimes from a, like a very corporate, like when you, when you look at um, your company, do you have forms of growth that you think about or industry expansion? Have mm -hmm. you thought about that? Is it part of what would make you and your company happy or do you want to mm -hmm. stay in the mold you are now? Oh, yeah, I certainly think about those things. You know, I was in business for 20 years, so it's it's ingrained in me. And at the end of the yeah. day, this, this is a business. It, it don't, you know, I don't want right. to mince words. I mean, it's helping people. It's still a business, right? And so I do have those goals. And um, and those the, the amazing part about <laughs> this type of business is, you know, the more successful I am, the more that I know that I'm helping other people. So absolutely, I, I'm very motivated to grow um, my business. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, so things like, you know, having more um, presence in social media is important to me, um, doing more networking. Um, of course, I'm tracking who are, what are my number of clients and looking at, um, okay, for instance, usually the, the way that people come to me if they're off, coming off the street and I don't already know them is they'll come to one of my meditations. Um, and that's usually the first step. And so I'm looking at, okay, of those people who go to meditation, how many people then, um, 
you could say convert, right? Um, if you're using like a business term, convert yeah. into, you know, getting a life activation or another type of healing from me. So um, I'm definitely looking at, at the metrics and I take the, the business side of it seriously, even though um, it is a spiritual business. Um, it's not fluffy in any way. It's, I run it like any other business. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like the, you know, the modern mystery school and, and the lineage through King Solomon kind of, um, it cements it in, in what you do into a very specific, you know, um, space. Mm-hmm. I know that I am more, um, under, uh, researched than a lot of people, but you have, you know, tarot card readers, you have people who work with energy in, in a yogi way. You have mm-hmm. people that, um, Reiki, you know, the movement of energy and things like that. Um, and so I think that it can be sometimes confusing for people to figure out, you know, who they want to go to and for sure. and how they want to work. Because it feels like a lot of the healing that you do is not necessarily based on finding issues, but just kind of uncovering the health within. You know, it's this fasting, the new the new way that people are looking at fasting is, you know, it's it's getting the body to do what it was already built to do. It was mm-hmm. already built to heal and, and to repair itself and removing, you know, toxins and things like that are helping you get back to that. And I kind of feel like there is a similar way of, of looking at the work that you do. It's, it's removing yeah. negative. It's I not- do. I, I, I like that analogy. I think it's, it's a good one because we're just helping you become more of you, right? Right. Uh, we're not giving you anything you don't already have. We're really just trying to take away anything that's impeding your spiritual progression or your progression in life or your joy. Right. And so, um, yes, and, and that's the unique part about this particular lineage is, is it's very much about empowerment, personal empowerment and spiritual development. Um, there's lots of modalities out there that focus, you know, purely on, um, physical, you know, physical health. And those are great too. And in fact, we do have some of those modalities as, as well. Um, but there aren't any other um, prominent lineages that I'm aware of that have so many um, tools for people's personal empowerment and progression. And so that's really what I love about, <laughs> about this particular work. Yeah. And a lot of the blockages, you know, so I will do things like, um, in addition to the life activation that we talked about quite a bit, um, I do things like aura clearing mm-hmm. or um, negative energy removal. So like an, people aren't. Um, How do you know if you need your aura cleared? Does oh, probably need- everyone does. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because, and, and, and not everyone understands the, um, you know, what the energetic body is, but the energetic body is really our protection, like our energetic protection. So when our aura is weakened, we are so much more susceptible to negative emotions, negative thoughts, other people's energies, you know, people who consider themselves empaths, like I definitely consider myself an empath. Um, A lot of times we have um, porous, you know, energetic structures. And so um, other people's negativity and other people's thoughts and things can get in there and affect us in a, in a negative way. And so um, when we do things like repairing your aura, we're strengthening that we're strengthening your bubble so that other people's junk doesn't get in there mm-hmm. as quite so easily. It's like your energetic, you know, armor, so to speak, when it's strong and healthy, you can really be in your own power and not let other things affect you. And, 
and uh, be like, I love the word that you used earlier, impervious, right? Impervious to what's happening around you mm -hmm. and really be holding that inner strength. Um, and so, and then the, what we do is we store negative emotions and trauma in our aura. And that's not healthy because what can happen over time is that stuff gets stored in our aura. It can start to manifest in the physical. It manifests first in the energetic body, but it can then work its way into our physical body and show up as stress or illness. And so um, if we're clearing your aura, we're getting rid of you know, that junk that could then later come back and manifest in the physical, which we don't want, right? right. Nobody wants that. Um, and then one of the other things that I do is um, called negative energy removal, which is very powerful. A lot of us, you know, we, we end up with negative attachments to other people. You know, we have um, people that we've lost, you know, for a variety of circumstances, it could be death, it could be, you know, romantic breakup or divorce. Um, we hold those energetic bonds in a way that doesn't serve us anymore. So we're, mm -hmm. we're um, freeing up that energy that could be used for positive things to hold on to attachments to the past. And that's preventing us from moving forward. And so one of the services I offer for people is the negative energy removal, or we also call it the cord cutting. And that um, frees you of those negative energetic cords that you have to that individual. And it's very powerful. I and mean, people usually feel the difference right away. Yeah. They feel free. You know, they're like, wow, I feel free. Like I don't have that thing binding me anymore. Um, so there's all kinds of things we can do that really help empower people and put them more in their power, you know, and that's really what we want and, and make, help them be peace at peace too. You know, meditation and you said you meditate quite a bit. Meditation is, is really about inner peace. And, um, if you look at what's going on in the world today, which there's a lot of dis disharmony, discord, suffering, you know, I believe if everyone meditated, 20 hours a day, our world would look very different, you yeah. know? So like our lineage goes back to Hermes. So it actually, it's unbroken over 3000 years, but it actually can be traced back to Hermes, which you know, who he lived 8,000 years ago. And there is a hermetic principle that's as within, so without, um, yeah. as within, so without. And so um, basically what that's saying is what's happening inside is a direct reflection or what's happening on the outside is a direct reflection of what's happening inside. And you can look at that from the micro perspective and the macro perspective. So from the micro perspective, our lives is a direct reflection of what's happening on the, on the inside, what our thoughts are, what our emotions are, and all those things are manifesting to reflect back to us, our inner state. Yeah. And if you look at the macro, what's happening in the world, that's what's happening with the collective, you know? So if you say our world's, you know, there's disunity, and there's corruption, and there's, <laughs> you know, imbalance, there's all these things. That's a reflection of what's happening within all of us as a collective. And so the more of us, the reason this work is so important to me is not just to help individuals, but because I know that the more of us that individually shift, the more our world is going to change. And yeah. so um, it might sound lofty, but the mission of the modern mystery school and why they train so many people like me is world peace because we know these methods if everyone's meditating and they're in their power and they have these tools for empowerment the world is gonna 
be at peace. Yeah, I don't think it's lofty. I think it's it's beautifully succinct, you know. And um, and even though it's it's well, it is grandiose, but that's what we need sometimes, you know, yeah. to keep those those ultimate goals. It's interesting the Hermes, you know, um, without and within. Um, that's that same sentiment, and I find this to be true with all of knowledge, particularly the older I get. But you come up with these axiomatic principles throughout all schools, and you're crawling into these, you know, very ancient texts. There is a, a, a contemporary sociological lens that deals with the analysis of crime and youth culture and gangs and things like that, and the the kind of caption phrase that you know it embodies the lens is "Tell me who you run with, and I'll tell you who you are." Mm. And it's very much so the same thing. It's, you know, we have what, what is within us is frequently what is around us, at least yes. a large piece of it. And any disconnect that happens between those two causes strife. It causes issue. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things like that, which only builds disharmony. And, um, and so I believe it to be true uh, within Hermes. And I believe it to be true within the sociological lens. And when you start yeah. finding people, you know, giving very similar iterations of, of the same sentiment, I truly believe that then it becomes an axiomatic truth, you know, For and sure. it doesn't matter it's where it comes principle. from. principle, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I think that that is true. And I, I think that world peace does um, absolutely reside in, you know, people um, kind of dissipating some of the um, the conflict and the angst and, you know, and mm -hmm. the anxiety that is, just becoming part of our culture, yeah. you know, children are being treated for anxiety at the age yes. of two commonly. Yes. Yes. It's just, and it's, it's because it's been built in and baked into things. And I think that unpacking that and doing things, I mean, corporations, I don't know of any major corporation in Silicon Valley right now that does not have a meditation room and meditation courses and encourage that particular exercise because it's just become so wildly accepted that it does it is some type of a tool in healing you know things that prevent work i mean these mm -hmm. are corporations you know they're down to their bottom line always those yeah. cappuccinos are to keep you working they're not because right. they love you you know yeah, exactly. don't ever get it twisted so <laughs> the meditation rooms um i think are to that bottom line effort and so if you look at you know those kinds of things being incorporated in, then this kind of healing work that you're doing is not so far off of understanding. It's, it's you know, kind of sloughing off all of our calloused layers and anxiety and disease within that and getting towards, you know, this, this person that we need to authentically be. And within exactly. that, it will absolutely be world peace. We are not designed yeah. to kill each other. That's not, right. that doesn't make sense. It's not the proper proliferation of the species, you know? And right. so I agree with, with that goal. And, um, and I agree with, with keeping that, you know, at the, the forefront. Yeah. I'm wondering with the work that you do, is there any, like on the business side, um, is there any role you could ever see with like um, online work? Like you talked a little bit about keeping your social media game on fleek. And mm -hmm. that's something that I have always struggled with, you know, um, not because I don't, I love social media, but it, um, I feel like it's, it requires like a nimbleness and an excitement in a way that I don't get super excited about it, you know, and, and haven't really, maybe it's a personality thing, but what I have been turned on to, I've been speaking with a lot of Gen Zers and I love those cats. I love, I, I feel like they are just agile little babies. <laughs> and, and their minds are, you know, their minds are very resilient. You know, mm -hmm. if, if something mm -hmm. they make breaks, they're not going, they're not crying about it. 
they're like, I'll fix it. Give me some scotch tape. You know, I mean, they just, they have this like MacGyver kind of attitude with everything that they come at and everything that they do on social media and things like that excites me. And, and the way that they look at the world excites me. But, um, and so I've, I've gotten that kind of a high. I, I think I'm prefacing this so that you understand where I'm coming from with, I'm wondering with your, um, with your platform, do you see being able to move like some of the work that you do or the education that you have onto an online environment so that your mm -hmm. client reach could be more global? Yeah, um, it's an interesting question in these times um, because that definitely is, you know, the, the movement that we see for a lot of businesses. Um, and I do outreach, I do, you know, and I ex intend to expand my outreach um, for my client base online and do education and talk about these principles and talk about the benefits. But in terms of actually doing the work, and um, it's, it's very important for the integrity of our work that it's done in person. Yeah. Um, we're holding the space energetically for people to heal and, and there's no replacement for that happening in person. Um, no. So... Yeah, so so that's uh, there's a limit, you know, to how much we can do things online with our um, with our work and keep the integrity of it. Um, there are uh, there's a minority of healings that we can do distance, but primarily it has to be one on one, person to person. Okay, and then one last question regarding the field and things like that. What about children? Can oh. you work with children? Do you, is it a specific, is it niche? Is it only specific healers that can work with children? And um, yeah, have you worked with any? Yeah, I have. And it really depends on the modality. So um, mm -hmm. things like crystal healing, it's very gentle. Um, and even young children can benefit from that. Um, but when we start to talk about some of these methods that are more about opting into your power and opting into your purpose, you really need to be um, at a maturity level where you understand what that means and you are consenting and it's not your parent, you know, saying, I want you to do this. Right. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, there's a little bit of a judgment call there, but, you know, usually if they're, you know, 15 or 16, it's pretty safe to say they can really grasp the implications of what a life activation is and know whether or not it's for them at that mm -hmm. time. Um, but younger children, we usually wait, you know, but there's, there's certainly healings in our, in our um, lineage that are appropriate for children. It's just, we have to be, use a little bit of discernment. Absolutely. All right. Well, I always wrap up. This is uh, one of my favorite pieces the, the, um, the, the, I leave the best for last. But um, if someone walked up to you, let's say tomorrow, um, cafe, coffee shop, wherever you hang out, on the street, at a park, wherever, and they said, listen, um, Dawn, I, you know, I've, I've gotten your information online and you're going to be the person who's going to give me the advice I need. And this individual is identified as female, female identified or non-binary, basically anyone other than a white man. Um, so they walk up to you and they say, I, okay, so here's the situation. I, I got my degree. I was studied di digital design. I have been in corporate for about 20 years, and you know I'm the ideal person. People want to become me, except everyone does except for me. And I've I've got to make a change, and I'm going to make a change, and I'm going to switch mm -hmm. over, and I'm going to I'm going to turn into healing. I've I've realized that's where I'm at, and um, I'm going to get certified. Um, in the modern mystery school, and then I'm going to start my business. What are the top three pieces of advice? They say, like, listen, I just want three of your best pieces of advice for my uh -huh. next move and what I should be doing. Yeah. 
what would you say to that person? Yeah. Well, first I would congratulate them for stepping into their power. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would uh, encourage them to um, definitely, you know, um, continue with their own development and inquiry on a daily basis um, so that they're in alignment with their purpose because purpose can be, the overall, overall, like, you know, arc of your lifetime, but it's also the individual daily decisions that you make, right? And so mm-hmm. staying in connection um, through meditation in particular is a really great practice for that um, with, you know, those daily decisions that you should be doing, those daily actions you can take to, to be serving your highest purpose. That's one piece of advice I would give. Um, you know, and also so that you're making those, you know, adjustments along the way, right? Because things are going to shift. We don't live in a static world, right? You got to be constantly <laughs> checking yes. in with yeah. yourself, right? Um, on where you need to make adjustments. That would be um, advice number one. Um, advice number two would be um, network, you know, and meet as many people as possible because, you um, one, because you want to grow your business, but two, you know, there's a lot of power in this work and we want to help as many people as possible. So, and the world really needs it, right? So, I mean, I have the selfish goal of world peace and hopefully everyone else wants that too, but, um, you know, so yeah, uh, really do what you can to, to get the word out there and whatever, whatever way you can, networking or um, social media, et cetera. Um, And then the third would be like, be bold, you know, don't, and that was actually (laughs) one of the corporate values from my private prior company, which I absolutely love. And I've taken with me, you know, it's like, be bold. And, um, and also within that, like be authentic, like, like you said, there's going to be some people who are going to probably question your path, but, um, who cares, right? Like just stay, stay centered in your truth and your um, alignment with purpose and then take whatever bold actions you need to take be courageous and authentic to you yeah I love that I've got congratulations up front develop and continue with um, ones to identify one's pur- purpose so staying connected to your purpose and network for power and growth and be bold be authentic and stay centered those are awesome I wish I had bumped into you in a park. I wish that I had been this person <laughs> talking to you because it's such a, it's such a, it's a chunk of theory, you know, within each three of those. And I think that they are crucial keys for um, any walk of life. You know, I, I truly believe that those are, are three incredible values. Um, if someone wants to find you, can they go to, it's, I've got your website as love. Dot life. So A-U-R-O-R-A-L-O-V-E dot life. If someone wanted to contact you to work with you or speak with you further, would they go through your website or do you have an alternate means you want people to come through? My website is great. Yeah, that's perfect. And um, and I should maybe I can explain quickly the yes. meaning of my company name. Yeah. Oh, yes, so, of course. Yeah. So so my name is Dawn, and um, you know, in Spanish, Dawn translates to Aurora, which means light. And so my company, the meaning of my company name is Love of the Light. Oh, I love that. And it's perfectly descriptive for what you do. 
Yeah. Thanks. That's wonderful. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And also thank you so much for sharing your time today. I know that you're busy and I really appreciate you um, taking the time to give us your, your candid and um, open and um, loving responses. I think that it's just been such an eye opener and um, particularly speaking with someone who is novice as me in the, the knowledge that you maintain and the practices that you do. I really appreciate it all. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being able to share this with other people. I'm so excited about it and I want everyone to benefit from this stuff, which um, the last thing I should mention is that there are people who do what I do across the world. So if someone's listening in who's not in San Diego or Southern California, they can feel welcome to contact me and I can probably connect them with someone in their area. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And I can't wait to learn more about it as well. Um, and I appreciate the, the information I've had today and I can't wait to learn more. Um, for everyone listening, thank you so much for giving us 45 minutes of your time. And until we speak again, remember to always bet on yourself. Slancha. Thank you.